Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 251. It's been a few weeks, Boom. but we're back. It's your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Glad to be back. Uh, we took a little break after 250. Like, uh, I was like, that was a big mark. I think we were celebrating and doing stuff. It's been a busy few weeks. Yeah, the I got Fourth say. of July. You were yeah. traveling. You were, you were international traveler. Mm. Had my birthday. I had a wedding. Like there was a lot of stuff going on. The past international week. quarantine is what I was doing. You were quarantined. That's right. Internationally. <sighs> and that's sort of going to be the main topic. We're just going to talk about what we've been up to because there's definitely some skiing tie-ins that were going on in our lives as there always is. Yes, as always. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you sticking with us in the summertime. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped, at Podcast, Or go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate, subscribe. We would love that. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so one little quick thing before we actually get into the app right today. I want to give a heads up. We will be having a new sponsor coming in the near future. And if you're what? watching the video, yes, you may remember an interview we had recently with our friends at Paradise Skis. They are going to be a new sponsor. And I was hoping to have these. For our July 9th main topic, trip to big snow. But unfortunately, I forgot it was the summer. I also forgot I needed bindings. Like that's how stupid. Like my brain, uh. my brain has actually melted in the past few weeks. It is melted. See, that's where you gotta grab them off of another pair that you're gonna you're gonna put to retirement. The problem is I don't have a retirement pair at the moment. So uh, I didn't see. So then I had I but I that that, that being said. That being said, I will be going back to Big Snow shortly. Last week, Evo, who's not a sponsor, but they did have a sale. God bless them. They had a winter, it's winter somewhere sale. Got a new pair of binding. They should be coming in the next few days. Nice. I just gotta, I just gotta find someone to mount them. I mean, I, I could probably do it myself, but it's probably a horrible idea. I don't want to screw that up. You so, know, yeah. there's two schools of thought on that. One is it's not rocket science. The other is you don't do it all the, all the time. So yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of I I kind of be a little happy if you did it yourself, but I'd kind of <laughs> be regretful if you if you did a bad job yourself, right? Like I don't know. I mean, you measure the ski, you hold an angle, you freaking. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's, if they screw them YouTube, up, is it really like warranted? No, they're gonna be like, I'm sorry, that we didn't you didn't buy them together, so. Like it's not like you're getting a warranty protection. Yeah. I mean, if you go into Google and you say, can I mount my own ski bindings? It said certified ski technicians can mount your bindings onto your ski. Uh, <laughs> it's a simple process. Drill they holes just don't into skis. Do it. Add a dab of glue in the holes and screw the bindings down. That's really it. Yeah. Put some glue and screw. Yeah. So it's doable. But you know how it works is you're there with your broken leg and they're like, well, insurance is like, if you didn't mount your own bindings, you know, we might be able to pay this claim out, but sorry. Uh, well, it's all claims. And yeah. So like I said, I, I don't know. I don't know why I forgot that I needed bindings. And let's be honest, living at the beach in July, 
there's not a whole lot of binding mounters in my general region at the moment. <laughs> so my apologies, but we're going to get these set. We're gonna, on these skis. I'm going to have a full review before ski season even starts up. I'm excited. Mario, let's kick it off. The way we always do. It's time for our prey today. Good old prey. All right, so you want me to kick it off, or you want to kick? I'll we'll save yours for for later. How do you want to do it? Yours is a good coup de gras. Yours is good and weird. Yes. Yeah, mine's a little weird because it's from Detroit. Uh, (laughs) It's uh, old Detroit brewery, bottoms up blonde ale. Now I got this as I got this as a. Beer of the month as part of beer of the month. It's from Frankenmuth Brewery in Michigan. Um, availability. It's a one-off. I don't know what the Whoa. fuck that means. They made but one I guess can that means just for you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so they're saying it's a golden body. Uh, it's a pale golden body topped with decent white head, aroma, sweet, bready, and light hop, light lightly hopped. Um, the bottle. Their claim on the bottle is that. Can I see the bottle? It's like the Mustang with the girl on it. Whoa. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty cool, right? That's really cool, yeah. Um, but it's kind of weird what they say on there. Bottoms up, blonde ale. And they're saying it's a medium body classic ale with a clean, mellow finish. A terrific crossover craft beer for those who want to taste and experience American craft beer. So what does a crossover mean? Like it's a, it's classic American. Like what, what, what is it crossing it's over from or crossing over to? I do I like know. how it pairs well with chicken, pork salads and delicate fish dishes. Huh? This is interesting. I got to say, it's not like most beers you taste. Um, now this is an ale, right? Almost tastes a little, Whitey, weedy, lagery. I don't know. It's like a mix of everything. I think they mixed a bunch of shit in there and just put it in a bottle. I gotta say, it's not bad. It's not they, fantastic. They do recommend roasted acorn squash with wild rice stuffing with this beer. So if you have any of that floating around, perhaps. I think that would be good with it. But I can imagine a little acorn squash, little risotto or something like that with this when you're maybe. foraging outside of detroit looking for your acorns yes. and your because <laughs> that's a lot of the common you know diet in, in detroit cranberries perhaps so they're saying frankenmuth brewery michigan's oldest brewery uh and it's historic it's over 150 years of brewing tradition with a unique uh variety of award-winning ales and lagers Nice. So, start begun the brewing career in 1991. Is the guy that's running it now? Damn. Oh, here it is. Including, uh, so they started in 1862. John Matthias Fallier's <laughs> Jebediah cousins, <laughs> Jebediah. <laughs> they opened Frankenmuth. Just north of the Fowler's family property in Frankenmuth, Michigan, where it continues to stand today. So, huh? Interesting. 
And they have a, I like how they do this. So they give me the microbrew news with the details about the brewery. Mm -hmm. And then on the back, they do food for the brew, like a little recipe of food. And the recipe they have with this, they're saying meatloaf with brown sugar, whiskey glaze. Ooh, that sounds really good. Pretty interesting. How about the Hardywood Low Country Fish Boil? Mm, Is that on the list? Delicious. That sounds delicious too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, I'm getting Papa John's when I drink this beer. Like, like let's like lower. Yeah. Let's just dial that back a bit. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit of. Let's see, it hints of Milwaukee's best. <laughs> oh no. Just saying, little hints of it, but no, this is a solid, like normal beer. I'm surprised it's dark. It's dark and a little bit hazy. Mm-hmm. Like it drinks like it's very light, light okay. to the palate. It's like four point. It's very low ABV. Four eight. Uh, four point eight. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting flavor. I mean, this is something you could probably drink a few of them and. Nice and cold, uh, that'd be that would work. But yeah, nice. I don't know. I don't know either. That's hitting me with the damn gummy I took before it's hitting me now. <laughs> <laughs> Some synergy happening. That's all we know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a rocket ride to hell, right? Synergy <laughs> in there. Synergy. Thing. That's right. All right, Brian. What do you got? You got a funky one now. I got a funky one. I don't know how I came across this particular seltzer. Because I've gone down the seltzer rabbit hole. Because originally it was the craft beer rabbit hole. And then I was like, hey, I want to watch a few calories and blah, blah, blah. Then I but found. Don't you find yourself just wanting to know what it is and understand it, right? Like, so you're kind of curious to say, well, what is that stuff? Yeah. And of course, I can't just drink a White Claw or a Truly. I have to go find some like bizarre. Off the reservation this ass seltzer. Crafted as a seltzer off of my. I want to find some recipe. guy's barn where he's making the seltzers and he's putting it in a jug <laughs> with the three X's. Like, I want that kind of craft beer, like that kind of craft seltzer. He's so like a little is... wizard doing spells over it and shit. Exactly. A, a cauldron. <laughs> I want it made in a cauldron, is exactly what I'm trying to say. Play a little Dungeons and Dragons while you're waiting for your yeah. beer, for your seltzer. Yes. I have no idea how I came across this this seltzer, but I found I must have been again, I don't even know. I don't know if it was like a was it in a store? Well, I I heard about it. No, no, I heard about it. And then I had to figure out where I was gonna buy it because it's one Where'd of those you things. you hear about this? That's what I don't remember. I don't know if it was uh oh. like a newsletter or an article Ch- or Chappelle Show. Chappelle Show. <laughs> So I, so during the time we were off, I did a little uh, traveling up to the Adirondacks in New York, beautiful New Paltz area and Franconia near Hunter Mountain. And while I was up there, I noticed that this particular seltzer was available. So being the asshole that I am, I had to ruin my family's travel day by stopping at a bunch of places to try to find this stuff. Now, what it is... It is a hard seltzer called Smooge. <laughs> Smooge. Smooge. Now, is this from S M O O J, which crazy enough, also in Michigan. I was gonna say this is also from Detroit, right? This or is also area? from De- Ann Arbor. So ah, look at this. We're keeping everything Michigan we're, real we're right we're now. We're keeping it Michigan. We're talking the Hashtag glove. 
Hashtag Michigan love. Glove love. We're, we're glove love right now. And so I, again, I don't remember how I learned about this stupid hard seltzer. It's like a hard seltzer smoothie. Smooth. Wow. Pina so colada. I got it at this place called DeSico's. Now, I'll tell you, if you are anywhere near the 684-84 corridor in like upstate New York, Connecticut, there's a couple of these DeSico's markets. And they are like ridiculous, like nice gourmet grocery stores that have the most unbelievable beer selection. They also have a bar in there that fills growlers. Wow. They had King Sue. I actually almost bought a four. I didn't buy it because, again, I was. What? I know where to get it now, though. It's right by my in-laws. I I know where to go. They had. They had so like I actually said when I walked out to the car to Andrea, I was like, yes, I did buy four three packs of this weird seltzer smoothie. I'm like, but you know what? I'm going to tell you about how much beer I did not buy. There was like at least four four packs I wanted to buy. And I said, nay, I did not. I, I dialed it back. I wow. stuck with the smooge. I stuck with the smooge. So this stuff, it is a hard seltzer smoothie. And funny thing about it is you get these cans, you know, the regular seltzer size, the thin, the 12 ounce, I guess. But they come upside down. Why would they do that? Is that a mistake? No, it is not. Look at what this stuff looks like. This is not a seltzer. Like it's so it is. full of like cream and fruit and madness. I, I wow, this stuff is crazy. All right, it's dairy free, but it's made with tons and tons of fruit. So it's a pina colada. So you're getting tons of pineapple. You're getting coconut. You're getting a little key lime. But it's got like a. It's like thick. It's almost like if you like pulpy orange juice. It's got like a pulpy orange juice, <laughs> seltzer smoothie crazy texture going on. I actually like this. I'm sending this to my wife right now because she's the resident um, she's seltzer, the seltzer queen. connoisseur. So yeah. this is this is a seltzer smoothie now. Dude, it is so good. I actually was drinking it in the car while driving. Uh, maybe, allegedly, perhaps. I was only driving like five miles and it's a low alcohol seltzer, but it's so good. For the summertime, if you're at the pool... Delicious. Absolutely delicious. Dude, I drink smoothies for breakfast, so this is like a breakfast smoothie. Now, the one thing about it is, mentioned it before, a lot of times you want to drink seltzers. God bless you. Did you explode? I exploded. You exploded. You drink these things, you know, the whole the whole premise, and I think what makes them really popular is that they're pretty low low calories so they're under 100 calories most are like what 90 97 whatever whatever this bad boy rolls in at about 300 calories so you are not doing your body any favors you're not like uh you're not doing any sort of like vodka soda low cal journey with this bad so boy how about here. you make a smoothie i don't even put know. this in it so you make could. a smoothie and then mix this in just swirl it in that'd well, be kind of cool Dude, it's just like a dessert. Like this is a dessert freaking drink. You could have maybe one yeah. of these and be like, you know, I'm good. I'm good for now. <laughs> wow. It's heavy. It's not boozy. It's 5%. It's light in that regard, but it's just, there's a lot of sugar in this thing. 
So you're saying you get, you get one of those, pour it in a glass, and then you put the uh, the rum floater on top, right? <laughs> it's funny you should Boom. say that. Boom! How did I know that? <laughs> <laughs> For those not watching this, yes, I have a bottle of rum next to me. Because again, a bottle of Appleton sitting right next to you for the rum floater. It's it's very it's very sweet, especially if you're coming from a, a beer or something a little lighter. It's it's see, but if you're in the mindset for a pina colada, that's what you're thinking, right? Exactly. Little, for you know? if, if you're if you're in pina colada mode, but you're like, I don't have a blender, I don't have coconuts. You get one of these bad boys, you will not be disappointed. You definitely get all yeah. the pina colada goodness. But it's in a can, and it's tasty. And if you got a bottle strawberry of strawberry bananas, the other one, did you get the strawberry banana too? I have. I haven't tried it yet. I actually got two four packs of the pina colada and one of the strawberry banana. So huh. I still got a couple floating around. So maybe perhaps next week or in the upcoming, I'm definitely sometime this summer. I will do the strawberry banana one. Not a big banana guy in general. Banana flavored anything. But no, considering the good folks at Smooge, what they did with this pina colada, I have no I have no doubt that the strawberry banana is delicious. Now, untapped gives us a four point four nine out of five. Wow. Yes. That's, that's how pretty good solid. This is. It's really freaking good. This is not listed as being anywhere near me in this part of the world. This part of the this side of the Mason Dixon line, it is not being delivered. There is no Detroit smoogin going on in Florida. But they have uh, online delivery. Bevmo delivers. Bevmo. Well, also too, there are rumors you will be in the New England area a little more often than anticipated. Yeah. Giggity giggity. Boom. Giggity giggity. I'm gonna be bringing beer. Oh, that's. I didn't even think about that. I get two suitcases. Why you got me? With my flight privileges, I get f- two free bags, which means one free bag flies up with me with nothing in it, comes back with all beer. Look at that. And smooth. And Maybe smooth. smooth. Get some smooge. Smooge. <laughs> JB smooge. JB smooge. Dude, how they didn't get him to be like their spokesperson, <laughs> I-, I can't even wrap my head around. Maybe that's in the works. Maybe they're negotiating. He, w- he probably wants like half of the, uh, the profits. Yeah, I'll put my name to it. <laughs> JB smooge. JB Smooge. I yes. went from JB Smooth to JB Smooge. It's delicious. If you could find it and you're feeling weird and adventurous and you want a dessert, have at it. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> I like Bevmo. They just have one little pop up that says, Are you 21? And you just click yes. <laughs> Boom, you're in. None of this put your fucking birth date in. Like, I hate that. It's like, I got to remember my birthday. And it makes you really, like, you got to scroll through the years for like every, oh, like, I'm so, so fucking stupid. old. You're like, wait a minute. People born in 1999 can drink. You're like, God damn it. I'm, I'm so, I remember 1999. Dude, I was put that I was born in like 1920. I put, <laughs> so yeah, like, January stolen. 1st, 1920. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Grandpa's drinking. God damn it. So I'm putting in my cart right now. We have I'm ordering one, some right now. Go for it. There you go. See, you're living smooch life. It's the smooch life. You're living the smooch life. Oh, hashtag smooch life. So we have a quick story here. Maybe it's not that quick. We'll see how long it goes in the app parade today. And this is Vice Speaking too. I like of that. seltzers. Remember when Vice used to be cool? That was a long time ago. And then they kind of just 
I don't know. They changed. Yeah. I went they to got a rich. hard seltzer festival and lived to tell the tale. I mean, so brave, so courageous. <laughs> St. Louis, they had a they had a hard seltzer festival called Seltzerland. It looks like it's actually going to 12 U.S. cities this summer. And this brave vice journalist had to uh, go to one of them. And of course, the first quote they have from him is, I'm going to absolutely hate this thing. Oh, I'm looking course, at Seltzerland now. They're going to be in Boston and New York. Because you're obviously too cool for your job and to write about this and to be a journalist. Without a golf course in St. Louis... It was hot. And they said it was actually like a two to three mile walk through the golf course. So they, you know, it wasn't like they were just going to put like everything right next to each other. They kind of made it where you had to cruise around and do a little walk in and, and get your drinks. That's cool. Yeah. And of course, you know, there's, they're complaining about rambunctious 20 somethings ahead of them in line and loud EDM. Yeah, the music third place playing. they had it was Tampa. Missed you it. Missed, you missed the Seltzerland Festival. I missed Seltzerland. Goddamn. Fuck. But they had, uh, so they had a list, and the guy's like, I'm a wine guy. I'm a huge fan of tasting events. So I decided to, you know, look at Seltzerland from that perspective. Hmm. And what's cool is, you know, <laughs> I like his, the way he kind of summed it up. He's like, I'm not going to review every individual seltzer. They were good, they were bad, but most were mediocre. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, is kind of a, seems to be a theme in the seltzer world. They did say, though, that there were some that were really, really good. Um, For the hand brewing, earthy, apricot, almond seltzer. You know, they were just wandering around waiting for the girls. Like, oh, my God, it's the best day ever. And boom, that's the girl that they were like, hey, what's up, ladies? The girl with the white claw backpack. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it's a target rich environment. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Unlike skiing, it's a target rich environment. There you go. <laughs> Pineapple basil seltzer from Press. He thought was incredible. So they said four hands in... Press. Four Hands out of St. Louis. Yeah, that one was really good. And that the Four one. Hands does the wine, right? Do they? I think they do wine. It says Four, Four Hands, hands Brewing. And a nearly undrinkably sweet cotton candy tinge sampling from Sparkling Ice Spiked. And it was Mike's. I guess they make one too. But there's, uh, you know, like with anything. There's going to be a lot of bad, you know, certain people are just going to get hammered and make it extra sweet. And, you know, I get Especially it. Especially it's something that's like a new thing to brew. There's going to be some that are just starting out that are like, can you imagine going to a kombucha fest? The kind of shit that you would taste there. Oof. Like we make this in the funkiness. toilet in the RV, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lucky toilet, man. We just leave it in there for a while. Mm. But you know they had cornhole. They had you know other games you can play outside. Yeah, nice day out. It like so it looks like Boston. It's going this weekend, Dude. July twenty fourth. Get up there, kid. So it got 
reposted, I guess it, they moved the date, but July 24th, New York City, August 7th at the Brooklyn Expo. Nice. You may have to hit that up. Not likely, but you never know. The Seltzer Gate. Mm. Oh, and a big shout out to anyone who went to the Full Send Festival, July 10th in New York City. A big shout out to Ryan, our friend who was on our previous podcast from Till I Die, his big music festival. Yeah. It looked like it went pretty you- well. Had a great, great weather day for that. I, of course, couldn't make it. I can't make it to New York. I almost actually, Melanie said to me, we should fly through Newark <laughs> and go to the festival. And I was like, I am too freaking tired. I haven't slept for two days. I just want to go home. I'll Last go home. place. I want to pick up my dog. <laughs> yeah. Just cuddle. Tough. Just cuddle. Just, just want to cuddle. Yeah. Well, speaking of cuddling. Let's go to Ski News. And yes, if you're an indie pass holder, you have four new places you get to cuddle this winter. Boom. Indie Pass keeps delivering four new resorts Snow Valley, California, Ski Marmot Basin in Alberta, Titus Mountain in New York, and Montage Mountain in Pennsylvania. Montage Mountain. So big congrats to the Indie Pass. So they got Snow Valley in Southern California, 8,000 feet above the LA Basin in the beautiful San Bernardino Mountains. Snow Valley in Running Springs, California features 13 lifts, including Southern California's only six-pack. The high-speed Snow Valley Express that accesses over 1,000 vertical feet, one of Southern California's most popular resorts, gives Indy Pass a third destination in the Golden State. Hmm. Then we got up in Canada, Ski Marmot Basin, 3,000 vertical feet of breathtaking and heart-pumping terrain in Jasper National Park. Seven Canada lift. can suck my dick. Just saying. Whoa! And you got <laughs> to quarantine for four months Just when you saying. go there. Is that a teaser for what I'm going to be say, talking about? <laughs> Apparently. God damn. Seven lifts, including three express quads, provide access to five mountain faces and 1,720 acres of bowls, gladed trees, shoots, and groomers. Twelve miles down the road is the charming and authentic mountain town of Jasper, nestled in a wonderful, our wonderland of towering peaks and scenic beauty. Titus Mountain, the northernmost ski area in New York's Adirondacks, blessed with cold temperatures, reliable natural snow, plus extensive snowmaking, and a sheltered east-facing trail network. Under new ownership since 2011, the resort has experienced a renaissance of development and expanding popularity. It is one of the Northeast's top-rated family ski centers with three restaurants and private slopeside heated ski banas available for daily ski rental. Banas. I like that. Ski banas. And last, but certainly not least, Montage Mountain. 400 acres with 27 trails, full mountain night skiing, 100% snowmaking, just minutes from beautiful downtown Scranton in Pennsylvania and two hours from New York City and Philly, Montage is the best kept secret in the Poconos. Here you'll allegedly find some of the best terrain in the East and double black diamond trail, white lightning known as the steepest in Pennsylvania. If you're looking for 
great variety of skiing at any ski level with a fun local culture. Get to Montage Mountain this winter. I know I'm going to hit Montage this winter because I'm going to have an Indy Pass and I am not that far away. So very, I, think I remember very Montage cool. Mountain advertisements as a kid. Right? Doesn't that seem like they were big in like the 80s and 90s? Yes, definitely an 80s thing, like headbands and leg warmers. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to give it up for Doug Fish and the Indy Pass. I mean, they just keep adding quality resorts to the pass. Price. Dude, he's working his ass off. He's getting getting things done. <clears throat> he is getting things done. And now, because the Indy Pass was so awesome, there's another Boom. pass. How about this? There's America's Hidden Mega Ski Pass. So they're saying it's uh, three days each at 48 Mountains plus a season pass for $299. So it's actually Ski Cooper. Uh, they have their pass, but they have this huge reciprocal program, which you can ski at a bunch of other U.S. resorts. Um, it It's kind of interesting the way they did it. It's not a ski pass. It's their pass with reciprocals, right? So, so you buy the mountains $299 pass, $249 for renewing holders, and you get three days of skiing at each of these other mountains. So... They actually have all across the nation, plus Alaska, and international. What's the international one? They have Masaya, Spain. It's pretty wild. So they are out. So Cooper Mountain is, they have plenty going for it. So they are, um, they have a cat skiing operation. They got 10,000 feet. They got 270 acres of varied terrain. Uh, actually the ski map looks pretty cool and it's one of the short draws in U.S. skiing it's tucked off the highway and it's seated less than an hour from a half dozen epic and icon resorts like Copper Mountain, Vale, Keystone, Beaver Creek, Breck, A Basin Uh, so I guess where it is a lot of people don't look for it they look for the other resorts so what they did is they created this whole reciprocal program which is pretty cool Uh, through a partner network. They have a lot of other benefits at some of these other mountains, which is pretty neat. And the one in Spain just kind of gets me. I'm like, how'd they get that? They they got somebody out there just talking to people. They got a guy. They got a guy. And they say there's not a lot of blackout dates either. So that's pretty cool. It's interesting. Rather than buy one of these big ski conglomerate passes, you know, maybe that'll be the deal. Have reciprocals through your own ski pass. There's a lot of overlap here too with the Indy Pass. Yeah, you see, you see a lot of overlap, but this one seems to be a little better suited for Midwest Western skiers, while the Indy yeah. Pass seems to be benefiting the East Coast, Northeast Coast skiers the most. But it's starting to build up a little more on the West Coast. Yeah, they actually said they credit a lot of the success to Dana Johnson, Ski Cooper's tireless director of marketing sales for hammering out such a consistent platform. I guess she's done the the negotiation job and uh, they're very happy with it. I mean, it really is incredible. If you're anywhere out there, if you're like by by Cooper and I mean, this seems like a complete no-brainer. It looks like a nice... Like I'm looking at the layout. It looks pretty... Pretty chill. Pretty I cool. talked to a few folks when I was out in Colorado earlier this year. They said that Cooper's a, like a little hidden gem. I mean, it's a 
supposed to be a pretty fun mountain. And again, you don't have all the the crap like you'd have at a Vail Resort or you have to pay for parking. Hmm. <laughs> the new Epic Pass standard. And, you know, the Indie Pass the last couple of years has made a lot of these smaller resorts that people, you know, often either ignored or overlooked, bring them to the forefront. And that's exactly what this pass is going to do as well. Just get people out to some different resorts that maybe they overlooked yeah. or forgot about and need to go check Let's out keeping that theme. That's that's the theme of, you know, the post-COVID environment. That This is the theme, like go for the places that you wouldn't off the beaten trail, you know, that you wouldn't normally just immediately go to. Holiday Valley's on this reciprocal program. Yeah. You remember Holiday. That's where Holiday I learned Valley. how to ski. Holiday Valley's great. <laughs> also, Yagu, the only resort in Rhode Island is on this. Whoa, look at that. Yagu. <clears throat> It's and it's funny, they have like this little box and it says international on their map. And it's <laughs> Masaya, Spain. I'm like, I've never heard of Masaya, Spain. I didn't know they had something there. Right near the Andorra border. Yeah. Which I and don't know. Eagle Crest in Alaska. So I know you're a big Tour de France fan. When they were riding through Andorra, I was like, God damn it. That's why I want to go ski there. And why? I think a small militia, I think we could take over that whole country. I mean, it's pretty much uh, just dude, mountains. I think 24 hours. We're in and out. Dude, nobody we're, wants- we're in and never coming out. We're just that's that's New Pretoria. We'll, we'll name it Pretoria after Peter Griffin. We could take over that country, I think. And there's <laughs> there's so many ski resorts. It's got to have the most ski resorts per square mile of any country. I mean, it's just got so many and so it's so if, tiny. And so if I, we take over Andorra and we make it one big ski resort, we just claim that it's one big resort. It could be the biggest in the world. One pass. One pass. One pass. The whole the entire country is one big ski resort. How about that? I'm not the I'm not the dictator. I am the president of this ski resort. <laughs> I'm just the head lifty. That's it. I'm the head lifty. That's it. Don't look at me as a dictator. Yes, I tell everybody what to do, but that's just because I'm the boss. <laughs> not a dictator, just the boss. I don't want to change people's lives for the worse. I don't want to take any of their stuff. I just want to take it over. I just want to be like the guy who is like the guy in charge and just can look at like, you'll see me skiing like, Oh, look, that's the guy who took over the country. Like, Oh, him like that asshole. Yeah. That's the guy. What, what about a country for skiers that, that has the ski vision that this is what we wanted a country for. We wanted our own place where we're not persecuted as skiers so that we could call home and ski freely without persecution. Dude, (laughs) I've been summer. I've been looking at COVID islands and stuff and trying to figure out where that place would be like i was looking like off the coast of greenland like somewhere like there's got to be an island of just like i find it where you can just take it over andorra andorra we're coming for you baby might be the rise of a coup i don't know if we're gonna get arrested for this i don't know but i think it's gonna be like an andorra police gonna come breaking down my door like it's not gonna be like a bad coup where everyone's gonna die like it's gonna be an awesome coup like we're gonna bring in like smooge like we'll have cases of smooge Oh my God. Legalize weed immediately. Like (laughs) dropping flaming bales of weed all over the country. (laughs) And once that sets in, you just just come in. (laughs) We're just going to come in with smooge and weed and like take over the country. (laughs) Just dropping on parachute cases of smooge and just bales of weed just like burning everywhere. Like, dude, trust us. It's going to be awesome with us here. It's not going to be bad. It's going to be awesome. 
<laughs> no, Quote, no quote, poisoning the water supply with weed. There'll be <laughs> no vaccine passports there. As a citizen, you get like discounted lift tickets. Like it's going to be awesome. Whoa, whoa. As a citizen, there's no, there's no price for lift tickets. There you go. Boom. And no fatties. <laughs> Sorry. You got to pull your way here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now all of a sudden, Uh-oh. it's starting to sound all like uh, slave camp. Slave uh, camp I guess camp. we can't Come have on. supersized drinks either. Come oh, on, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, it's way... <laughs> yeah, it started out good. And he's like, and let's get rid of the fatties. <laughs> Pretty soon, you're getting rid of other people. And now we got a World War III. God damn it. All, all from the- fucking Andorra. It all started with the smooge and the weed, and now it's World War Three. It was raining smooge and weed on them for two days until they took over the country. It started and turned off into ski mecca that is called Andura Valley. It started <laughs> off so beautifully. It did, and it was just a tragic <laughs> ending, <laughs> like the blossoming of a, a a lovely spring rose, and then just seeing it wilt and die. That will be our Just, coup of Andorra. Hey, let's put the torch to it, and then it's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see where that goes. Perhaps. Maybe. Never Ski know. Cooper. Get this pass. This is a solid one. Ski, Ski Cooper, or maybe taking over Andorra. Write to us. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. Well, speaking of taking over things, how about Mountain Creek in New Jersey? They, are, they have a goatscaping crew. That is nice. taking over the mountain because Mountain Creek is Mountain Creek. They have hired non-conventional landscapers that spend their days just eating and sleeping. Whoa. This is the that's the perfect way to do it though. The newest four-legged team members at the resort were hired as part of the goatscaping effort for the summer. A herd of goats and sheep walk around fenced-in areas from sunrise to sunset, snacking on all kinds of grass and weeds. Oh, man, they must love it. Amazing. The animals began their jobs in mid-May. Now there are 25 hooved staff members, 22 Nigerian dwarf goats, and three sheep. Mountain (laughs) Creek Assistant General Manager Chris Haggerty said the resort hopes to increase that number significantly before their seasonal maintenance work ends in October. Dude, that's so awesome. Humans being replaced by goats and sheep. I love it. It's, I love it. That's the wonder, natural way to do it. I wonder how much money they're saving just picking up some goats instead of like Dude, paying. You fence, real you, you fence your yard and you get a sheep and a goat. That's it. Let them run around, eat all the grass. You never have to lo- mow a lawn. So apart from being a unique attraction, goatscaping is a more effective alternative to traditional landscaping in several ways. It is healthier for the environment as property owners can avoid using chemical weed killers and goats digestive system allows them to eat poison ivy and other dangerous plants without being harmed. Nice. Yeah. Goats eat anything, man. They like tires too. Yeah. Yeah. They eat everything. But think about it. You just chuck a goat on your property and let it munch away. Or 10 goats. Got a perfectly good grass, you know. As an HOA, you get a bunch of goats, let them run free, and just eat everything in the ha- in the whole place. And even better in the winter, you got plenty of mutton in the freezer. It's like a double right. <laughs> That's right. You recycle. You know, you you bring bring that group to an end, and then you set up the next group. Rack of lamb and, and mutton. That's right. And then every every spring, you got baby goat yoga and and baby goats running around. 
I mean, there really is no downside to this at all. I mean, you got to keep this, you know, people need baby goats, but what do you do after their babies, right? Same. <laughs> this is true. All right. So somewhere that's going to be near and dear to my heart, hopefully soon, New Hampshire reports healthy ski season amidst the pandemic. Live free or die. That's right. So despite the challenges associated with the winter season during a pandemic, the state of New Hampshire has reported strong skier visit numbers for the 2021 skiing and riding season. So according to trade group in Ski New Hampshire, which we know people at, uh, maybe we'll hook up with them again at uh, in Boston. Let's see, so. see if Boston happens. According to them, overall total winter visits, including alpine skiing, cross-country skiing, and tubing visits, totaled 2.3 million, which statistically mirrors the 10-year average. The number is up 4% compared to the prior season, which was cut short due to COVID, that whole big COVID shutdown. So they're saying it was a welcome extension of the busy summer season uh, that the Granite State enjoyed. But one very... Interesting additional piece to this. They said the state of Maine had a healthy winter as well, but this was not the case for Vermont. However, the state's strict travel requirements during the pandemic helped lead to a difficult season with an estimated 30% overall drop off in revenue. Well, I know 10% went to Maine and 10% went to New Hampshire. Where'd the other 10% go? New York? Indie Pass Resorts across in exactly, Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut. Because I gotta say that, Mass. like, I'm, um, I'm glad everybody was being safe, but you know, I think their heavy restrictions probably drove people to say, "I'm gonna go somewhere else." Where, you know, like, and I've said this before, if if I'm driving, I have a different attitude than committing to flying, booking a hotel, booking a car, laying out all this stuff that I'm not gonna get back as a refund, it's a very big deal, you know, especially having to cancel my trip at the last minute, you know? Yeah. That's what I had to do. I couldn't go to Vermont this year. So I had to find other places to go in the Northeast. Yeah. Big snow. Big snow. Speaking of big snow, I think it's time we roll in to the good old main topic. I think now, it is. It's been a few weeks since we've had a podcast and you know it was nice to take a little break. Had a lot of a lot of stuff to do. Very busy. But I did miss our little conversations that we have, our our collecting of stories to put these podcasts together with is always always a fun thing to do, really. But one of the things that I did, in addition to going all over the place and finding smooge. Smooge. Was, yeah. We, uh, I hit up Big Snow with a couple of our our podcast fans who've become friends, which is a really fun, cool thing to say. So, big shout out to uh, to all our people out there, to to Rob, to Kendall, to Scooter, Brian, Brooke. Like we we met up with all them. Uh, I met up with all them a few weeks ago and we hit up big snow and, you know, a lot of us hadn't skied in months and, you know, I, I, I was wishing I was there. I was a little bummed and I was not having fun. Let's put that way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you hear about your, uh, your escapade in a bit, but yeah, we hit up big snow and it'd been a few months since I'd been there. And, you know, it was a Friday afternoon and the place was, I mean, we got there one o'clock, one 15 and it was just, I mean, 
ski down, right back on the lift, right back up, back down, nice. on the lift, right back up. Got a little more crowded a couple hours in, but I mean, it was super chill. It was really not that crowded. The snow is great. A couple icy patches, no big deal, but it was just so much fun because again, it was July 9th and you're skiing in nice the middle of a swamp in New Jersey and it's like 80 degrees and humid outside. It, it's just, it's unbelievable Damn. that it's, that it actually exists in New Jersey. Wow. And mm. it was a lot of fun. We, uh, we had a couple of beers afterwards. Well, I didn't cause I had to drive all the way back home and all those guys, all those folks, they were staying locally and they got dinner and they hung out and got to see all oh, that nice. was the beautiful Hudson County area of New Jersey. Secaucus, Rutherford, the shining star really of New Jersey. Hidden gem. But it was cool because, I mean, these folks, they traveled a good distance, you know, and it wasn't just like a half an hour drive. They, they traveled two, three hours to get there. Wow. And, you know, they, they all had fun. Which That's great. I, which is great because you know we're all big skiers. We all love it. We're all passionate about it. And you know to make that trip, it was just it was get it was fun to get together with people too. You know because we haven't really been able to do that too much because of COVID, because of restrictions, because of all the blah blah blah. It's just so much fun to get together with like minded people and chat and share stories and you know just talk ski things for a couple hours in the middle of the summer. It was, it was fantastic. It was so much fun. And it's great to, awesome. you know, to, to meet Brian and Brooke who they're, they're based out of Massachusetts, just really good people. They traveled far to come down here and didn't have a great time was, was, yeah, I felt kind of like the ski ambassador of New Jersey. Look at that. And I, I want to make sure everyone's having a good time, having fun, enjoying themselves. Cause you know, Listen, man, like, I'm sorry for this state. You know, it's got a reputation for a reason. And I'm part of that reason. I, I, I know that. I know that. But, you know, you want people to have a good time and have fun and enjoy themselves. And, and they willing, willingly went to Northern Jersey. Just they saying. Willingly went. And I think everybody wants to go do it again. So I know you return safely home, which is good. Everyone was safe. Everyone's back. Everyone's back home. They have stories to tell of their 37 U-turns and loops they had to make to get into jug the handles big sky and, and figure out where it is. Handles, bottle handles, drinking on the side of the road, the whole thing. Dude, you will be amazed when you go back to Big Snow. Cause when we went there that first time when it opened, that was almost two years ago. And it's built yeah. out so much more now. Like there's just wow. It's madness. The freaking it dwarfs the Brendan Byrne Arena. Which or whatever they, continental, whatever they're calling it now, like the whole structure, the parking garages, the everything, like dwarfs an arena. That's how big it yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, it's a monstrosity. That whole, I would say monstrosity. It's a, it's a monster. Let's put it that way. It Gigantic. Is a monster, yeah. I did that. That was my. Uh, that was big. That was, that was so much fun. And I also went up to you know the Adirondacks and. Unfortunately, I had some pretty crappy weather, so I couldn't do too much hiking or anything. But we did a rail tour where they converted an old piece of nice the uh, the railroad up there. And they have these electric assist cars that they put on the track. So you kind of bike, there's bike pedals there that you pedal. And there's a, a brake handle that one person controls too. So you kind of cruise along this three mile track and three miles back. And it's, nice. you know, it's, it was beautiful. Like it was really nice. It was actually raining. We did that too, but they, we had ponchos and whatever, whatever, but it was fun. And it was cool because right after that, we went to a brewery. I think it's called the Woodstock brewery. And 
I went to that same brewery in February of 2020, right before all the COVID lockdowns happened. Get out. I went to Hunter for the day, and then I went there and got a beer afterwards. Beers are really good there. They actually have really good food, too. And I just, I, I, that's what I thought about. I'm like, oh my God, last time I was here, you know, it was just normal. Everything was normal. There was no, no one knew about masks except for like six Asian people. And that's right. Just drank beers and lived our lives. And then it's, you know, a year and a half later, you know, it's been like a whirlwind and, you know, it's, you always worry about people like that. Those restaurants, those shops, those, those places that you, you have friends or you've met people and, you had great times and you wondered like over that next, this past year and a half, like, are they still there? Are they okay? Are they healthy? Is the, is the business still alive? You know, what are they doing? And it was just cool to go back there and to see that the place was up and open and flourishing and expanded. So it was a, it was a fun couple of weeks. And then, you know, last, last week had a wedding and it was crazy and just, it's been action packed but yeah it doesn't seem like summer because it's just everything's just kind of flying by right now like usually i bitch and complain about summer like i haven't had time like i've been so busy it's just been like before you know it there's gonna be snow on the ground and that is a good thing i gotta stay busy because you know what they say devil's hand devil's hands idle hands and the devil's work idle hands idle hands mario that's right Let's hear about your joyous adventure across the border. So like you, everything's flying by. I'm, I'm thinking it's like, yeah, we're going to get into the summer a few weeks. And I'm like, oh, the kids are almost ready to go back to school. Like it's I like that kind of crazy. Like I don't even yeah. remember June, like any part of it. That's all a blur. Completely. So, <clears throat> so my big outing was went to Canada with the family. Now there's a lot of stuff that I did that I can't talk about for fear of reprisal from the Canadian government and other narco people that may report other people and get them in trouble and fined for the rude, uncalled for things that I did up in Canada. That's um, why there's so many to, Canadians in Florida. They're actually, it's like a splinter cell. Oh yeah. Dude, it's they're just coming down you. here. They're like, we don't want to fucking go back. It's like, so I have never in my mind, if I thought like I would ever be in like Soviet Union, Russia, where it's locked down and you're a little afraid being an American, that's how I felt in Canada. So they went from my number one almost in America, kind of like chill place. I'd go there all the time to probably being on the they they bumped themselves way out of the top ten places I'd I'd go skiing. What the so hell, Canada. Yeah, so this year I got turned off to the country altogether. Definitely once I was in the eastern side and the western side. Western side is totally much better. Like they're more well adjusted to being actually in reality and non fascist. And the other side of the country is very fascist. So did you go in brown face? You know, I think I would have gotten into the border a lot quicker had I worn my brown face. I mean, um, it probably couldn't have hurt. Yeah, I could have just said, I know Justin Trudeau. I'm going to come in in brown face just like he he likes to do occasionally on party, you know, just for big parties. Put on some Arab garb, like walk in and be like, hey, it's like, oh, I'm the prime minister's brother. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, you know, and that that freaking guy, I, some people like him. A lot of people don't like him. That's why I think they're going through another election. He shut How that does their election down. thing work? Like, don't they, they don't have like normal scheduled elections, right? 
Yeah, it's like they can call for an election or something. I don't know. It's almost like impeachment without it being bad. That It's just that they're calling for another election. But it can happen at, at any time, I think. Like, if they agree to call another election, boom, they do it. So, uh, yeah, uh, going up there, like I said, it was not good. Felt mm. unwelcome. Felt like I was being watched the whole time. And it felt like a very lockdown like a, like a police state. It was not good. If everybody, you know, a lot of people I hear rants and raves, especially with the news shows, people are like, Oh, we all need to follow this and we all need to do this. And we all need to do the same thing to be a good society and help each other out. There's a level of that that I agree with. And then I think I got a little scared seeing the level that Canada went to it. And it looks like what I saw was, how the possibility of something like Nazi Germany coming around or Mussolini coming into power. That's what I could see. Like I could see like, yeah, if it's unregulated, that that's exactly what could happen. Yeah. I've been hearing, it was a little scary view on stuff. It's, it's interesting to hear that you're saying this because I've, you know, follow some Canadian folks online and I, I you know, I, I tend to, follow a lot of libertarian kind of freedom believing people. And I've, I've a lot of Canadian people that I've been, you know, talking with or, you know, follow, they're saying it's really bad up there. And to hear you echo that is a little bit scary because again, you know, the whole, it's always, it's hard to hear when you say, someone says like, Oh, this is comparative to like, you know, Nazi Germany. Cause that was, one of the worst societies in history, but people say like, Oh, well, how could it have happened? Like, how does it exactly. get people to that are level? Amazed at how to get to that level. Right. And you look at where we've come in the last 16 to 18 months. And it really is scary because we have gone yeah. from just living our lives to people being like, you know, like you said, like tattling on people, like this person's not wearing a mask. This person didn't quarantine. They shouldn't be here. Like we've become North Korea in some ways like yeah. this is not this is not what america or canada is supposed to be about this is becoming like a team game like you get points you get social points because you tattle on this person exactly and, and then black, people black mirror showed yeah you could watch goddamn black mirror and see how this is going to end up because yeah this is this is not how we're supposed to act as a society yes we're all yeah. dif- we're all different but you know we all have our freedoms that's the most important things we have our freedoms and it's not like you were doing something to hurt someone nothing was no one was being harmed at all and the fact that these people project this sort of nonsense that you're doing something so vile that you need to be reported to the authorities like that's a bunch of like it's bullshit is what it is and if you're standing up soon it's going to lead to the the ultimate tyranny the ultimate autocratic state and that's what we have to we can't allow that Yeah. So to put in perspective of, you know, talking to a family member that's up there, they, they said they hate it so much. The minute they're able to come to the U S they're going to come, they're not going to go back. Like that's how much they, it's not even like they're afraid of it because they've been living under this fear. So I think they're the point where they're not fearful anymore. They're just like, I I don't want to do this anymore. This is just not a place I want to be. And to say about the place that you grew up in is pretty big. I mean, and these are, these are people, 
you know, people later in life, like in their thirties, forties, you know, eighties, and they're all saying that it's like, that's pretty bad. You live your whole life in one place, you know, your family, you know, your, your parents with it from there. And now it's just like you're disenfranchised with your own country, but it's to the point where they're, you know, people are, are, Oh, I saw a car at this house that I don't recognize. I'm going to call the cops and say they're breaking quarantine. You go out to a restaurant, they have all this contact tracing. Well, they don't have just the restaurateurs going up and saying, Oh, you know, can we have your information for contact tracing as an option? They don't really pose it to you as an option. But the creepiest thing is you're sitting out in a public area eating outside and police cadets. So they're not full police, they're cadets in training with police emblems on are coming up to you asking for contact tracing, not telling you that it's optional and collecting information and walking away. And it's a very, that was the scariest thing of all, because it's taking your police force to do social tracing of where you are, what you're doing and who you're with. And that's a little George Orwellish kind of creepy, you know? And you know, none of this is about health anymore. This is completely yeah. blown past that. This is all about authoritarian control. That's yeah. all it is at this point. They don't give a fuck about your health. If they did, they'd say, hey, exercise, get vitamin C, get vitamin D and go out into the sun. That's what they'd be saying. But they, they don't care about the health anymore. This is all to add new levels of control and and authoritarian oppression upon the citizens. And this yeah. is just like 9-11. This is like, there's always some, some crisis that they take and they just keep lopping off more of our freedoms every single time. Goddamn yeah, TSA was supposed to be temporary. Those fuckers yeah. are never leaving. They're never leaving. Nope. You think so, anything's going to change now? They're going to keep taking more freedoms away and we're ever going to get them back? Never. Exactly. Well, that's why I like, so at least we're, you know, we have the states like govern, like they have more authority than the federal, right? So the federal's over the states, but the states have the sovereignty of like making their laws and stuff like that. That's why every state's a little different. Now, Canada, I thought was a little bit more federally run, you know, throughout, but I realized going up there that Ontario is worse. I was in Manitoba. And Manitoba is really bad. That's the place that was locked down. I heard Ontario's worse in more of a lockdown. And then I was in Saskatchewan um, in part of the trip and Saskatchewan was all open. I was like, Hey, I'm from Florida. This seems a little bit more normal. You know, like at least you can go to a store. They actually have not quote unquote, non-essential stores that are open. So you can go to, you know, a Walmart or, you know, for example, or, you know, the Canadian tire store, and they don't just have the food that's deemed critical for sale. They have everything. It's like you can walk in the supermarket and everything's for sale. So at least they're at that level. Manitoba just went to, and I don't know if Ontario has gone to that or they just went to it. They just said, okay, now you could sell non-essential stuff. So that was at about 16 months that you couldn't go in and buy a TV, but you could buy one from Amazon. Right. So that was okay. So while Bezos and, and Amazon made a crap load of money, it was because of, you know, if you think about someplace like Canada, it's the only way you could have gotten something that was non-essential for 16 months. I'm like, you know, Amazon didn't do anything. They're just, they're in the right place at the right time. But 
when they wonder why their local stores are going out of business, then, you know, look at the policies they put in place. Cause there was one, there was one town that was on the news when I was there and the local grocery store was going to close because they, it's a very small town. They're the only grocery store in town and they've been having problems getting their shipments in because stuff can't clear customs because they really stopped the amount of stuff coming to get through customs. So they're getting a trickle of products and they're like, we can't sustain ourselves to, to actually just be in business. So they're going to close. And they actually said that may spin off a national emergency event because there's no other place that people in that town can go get food for like, like 50 miles or something like that. It's like, it's crazy. So they're talking about basically the one store that supplies food to the town would be out of business. I'm like, that's weird. Right. When have we had to ever think about stuff like that? Well, you know, one example too is during the Stanley cup finals or the Stanley cup playoffs, how, you know, you, you had Tampa Bay. Congratulations to your, your lightning. You had Tampa, you had the stadium full, people are going to games, everything's great, people are excited. It was a lot of fun. Yep. And then you have the games in Montreal, and there's nobody there. Yeah. Like, I mean, empty come seats. on. Just empty seat, yeah. It really, I think like, Tampa was at 100% capacity, they were full. I think they were. And you know what, you, you don't hear about these massive outbreaks, people dying in the streets in Tampa. Like this is this is becoming complete and utter madness. This is not about health anymore. Right. So they have the hockey playoffs and they have the the hockey season go, right? Now they did a whole thing where Canadian teams played each other all year. They messed up, you know, just for this year, they messed up all the divisions. Um, and then they brought them all together in a bracket style for the playoffs, right? So it worked, but it was different than normally. And how did the Canadian bracket do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got well, whooped. I mean, yeah, but except for the Canadians, they were the only one to come come out of it, right? Yeah, but they they it's like well, that's like you have one division, so you have you know twenty teams, and one team is all full of college kids, another one is like the best of the best. You know, the yeah. college kids are gonna get smoked. That's what the whole Canadian right. division was. Exactly. So it was, it, it was interesting that they did it that way. But the one thing that pissed me off about the whole thing is. Canadian borders closed, but they did a special exception for the NHL. <laughs> okay. So the, so the NHL is more essential than people going to see their families going on vacation. So a hockey game is more important than a vacation. Hockey game is more important than seeing your family that you haven't seen in over a year. You know, maybe it's, they're not dying, but maybe you still want to see your mom or your dad. I mean, that's the bullshit that we were dealing with. This is not about health anymore. This is all yeah. about control. The best thing, you know, my dad got sick and passed away last summer. The best thing we did was not listen to any of these fucking politician dickheads telling us, oh, we shouldn't see him. We shouldn't go to the hospital. We completely ignored their bullshit. And thank right. God we did. And I'll because do it you again. Made peace with it. Your dad was happy with it. You, you know, it, it, think about like, so Melanie at least got to see her mom for like five minutes and that was it on the entire trip. I didn't get to go because I was in quarantine still because those assholes say I'm in quarantine because I'm an American. 
Yeah, we drew a line right here, and things are different here versus there. But the I tell you what, I never felt... different than coughing there. They basically treated me like a, an unwelcome guest in Canada, like coming into the border and going and all that stuff. And I was very surprised. I was like, okay, you guys want to be like that. That's pretty fucked up. I mean, you own that, and that's how your country is right now. No wonder they have problems. They have a lot of problems with uh, with uh, with um, accepting the indigenous people and race in Canada. They they have a lot of prejudice and they have a lot of they have a lot of problems. You know, everybody thinks, oh, Canada's got itself. No, they don't. They have a lot of problems. It's all over TV. They have a lot of special stuff to the indigenous um, tribes that are there, uh, and it's. It's not like it's changing. You know, they're trying to make a change, but it's uh, it's not like they're further along than anybody else. You know, everybody says, oh, you know, we have all these problems in America. They got them in, in Canada, too. You know, I just I don't know how we can casually get back to normal. Like, is that even possible at this point when you have people acting like that and things getting so... Yeah. Because people are are almost enjoying this. They like this whole lockdown. They you know they probably sucked at life. They were socially awkward. They want people to. They they keep preaching this. Like, I do you really want to get me sick? I'm I'm gonna get sick if I go out. A few people go out. Like this is it's Don't not about health anymore. It's all about control, shaming yep. people, getting social credit for being this good person who follows the rules and stays home and gets their vaccine and does whatever the fear wants. Like this is exactly what this is becoming. This is yeah. not, this is not a good thing. This is not a positive thing to listen to and abide by whatever the government is telling you to do. Like this is, this is the opposite. This is like when you look back and there's a picture of like everyone doing the Heil Hitler salute and there's one guy not doing it. And the guy's circled like, be that guy. Very few people are being that guy right now. Everyone's just like right. bending over and being compliant. And, and it's, it's not going to end well. Yeah. They're just accepting everything. And there's I mean, always, they're going to keep fucking making variants up. It's like fucking hurricane names. They're just going to keep making up new hurricane <laughs> names every year. They're going to have a That's new right. le layer of, well, this year it's all Latin variants and then next year it's going to be dutch variants and then it's going to be you know finnish variants it's like there's always going to be a new fucking variant of this well here's the funny thing so one one of my friends was like okay if you look at your covid card right you look on the back there's you know you need spaces to put in your your vaccines well you had to take two two shots right well that takes up two spaces. Why are there four slots on the back of your card? Booster one, booster two, and then you'll have another card that's booster eight, you know, up to booster eight. It's just, if you think about it, they're like, we don't know how many shots you're going to need. Two, one, three, four. They're coming up with these numbers out of their ass. Like, do they really know like how they, they haven't tested any of this more than 12 months? If that right, that Top they've actually point, yeah, not even how do you know what this does to your body in ten years, right? Like everybody said, this whole thing about just follow the science and take the shot. Follow the science. Follow, the, follow science. the science is the biggest. Like whenever somebody pushes follow follow something, and they're trying to stop you from arguing with them, they're trying to 
pull some shit on you. It's, it's that, that it's they use that or they call you racist. Those are the ones that it just completely it. Uh, racist it just says, gotta just jump says I'm out of arguments. I want to end this discussion right now. Yeah. Those are the things I, you just yell. I want to win and I don't want to talk to you anymore because my point is the only one I want to think about. Yeah. That's what it means. That's how you end it. Yep. Follow the science. Well, wouldn't the science be to wait for a couple of years of actual results when things have been <laughs> the science fully is to approved? have a hypothesis and try to disprove the pi- hypothesis for a number of years? That's the scientific method, right? But the scientific, scientific method, method is racist because white men have been scientists, <laughs> so it's racist. But how like can we, you follow the science without following the scientific method? Well, then we it's not science. It's we, made up bullshit that you put on social media. Yeah, we are in bananas town right now. Like people are just finding reasons to come up with bullshit arguments for things at this point. And you know what? I've heard, I've like I've heard well, people say that <laughs> a lot of this is like the Chinese and the Russians just kind of throwing shit out there and being like, let's see what these lockdown dummies decide to do with this. And so many exactly. people, it's like a dog getting a bone. They're like so excited to like jump on and just gnaw on that and run with it. Yep. Oh yeah. Not a virtue signaling on there. Again, like yeah, I was vaccinated. I did this. I did that. You see the fucking Foo Fighters had a concert where they wanted everyone to be vaccinated and they had yeah. to cancel it because someone had fucking COVID. It's like, uh, <laughs> what do you think that this is how it's going to be forever now? Well, some people look for that. They're like, Oh, they're very socially involved and everything. Like, you know, half of the greatest artists in the world are not really nice people, but whatever. If you want to think they are, go right ahead. I still like Dead Mouse. This guy's a fucking asshole. But you know what? He makes great music. <laughs> guy's a douchebag. He's, he's got a, great. He's, he's got a total douchebag. He makes great music. So what? Go fuck me then. You know? That's right. <laughs> Phil Spector. What an amazing producer. May have the gun to a few people's heads and killed a few people, but, you know. May, may have been a bad person, but. Hey, you know what? He produced some good music, right? Harvey Weinberg. Is- no, I'm joking. <laughs> you can't go there. I mean, the Weinstein Group—they had some, uh, you know, what was the name of their movie company? Was it wasn't it Weinstein Pictures or Miramax? Miramax. All those great movies like Swingers, Big Lebowski. Yeah. Like they were all funded by that creepy fucking scumbag, Harvey Weinstein. Well, he. Uh, I just saw he got extradited. I'm like, I don't keep track of fucking news, much less celebrity gossip stuff. So he got, I guess he fled the country. Did he really? And he, yeah. And he, no, he was in jail. You didn't even know. He was in jail. Well, he's in, in jail now, but didn't he flee the country? I got to look at this whole thing. I think you are very incorrect. Maybe I was really hammered. That sounds like something <laughs> you might be <laughs> thinking that. No, man, he's like, he's in like a wheelchair now. He's not going anywhere. Harvey Weinstein. That's who it was, right? Yeah. Harvey Weinstein. He's got five kids. I feel really bad for those kids. Jesus. There was an Epstein you were thinking about. So two days ago, he was extradited to California. For more charges, right? For more charges, but where is he extradited from? That's what I'm trying to get. New York. He had to be in another country. Oh, maybe because of lockdowns. It's just it's still in America. Oh uh, no, I guess he was from Manhattan because he was serving time, and they sent him back to California 
to face charges on something else. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at that. That's awesome. Hey, you think you're fucked now? You're going back to California to throw some more shit on you. Do you know he went to the University of Buffalo? Did he? Look at that. That creepy fuck. <laughs> I don't know anybody that went there. Oof. Terrible place. <laughs> That's why I didn't graduate from there. Just I saying. wonder I wonder if he skied at Holiday Valley. He probably did. He probably did. I think he raped me. I think he raped me on a uh on a lift. He touched You should you should get in on that lawsuit, man. I, I'm gonna jump right in. I think he touched me on the on the lift at Holiday Valley. <laughs> nineteen it was nineteen eighty nine. It was cold out there, my friends. <laughs> You do what you got to do to stay warm sometimes, right? That's right. I thought I was just, he was just being nice to let me stay, you know, share the warmth of his uh, fur coat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that, yeah, that's weird. What? Isn't that douche. director still, like, at large? Wait, he can't be extradited? Was it um, Roman Polanski? Polanski, right? Yeah. Where's he at these days? They have a tracker on him? Well, I was looking up Weinstein on Wikipedia, and that's where I found Polanski. He voiced opposition to efforts to extradite Polanski from Switzerland to the U.S. regarding a 1977 charge that he drugged and raped a 13-year-old. Damn. Fucking creep. That's which creepy. he pleaded guilty before fleeing the country. I guess, is he still alive? Maybe. I think he's still... Didn't he do... Um... Did he do Eyes Wide Shut and he was in exile, like from another country or something? Was that him? Or was that... Um, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm all fucked up. We have no idea. <laughs> he didn't make a movie recently. <laughs> he is still alive. Still alive. He's, uh, he won some French award. Some French lockdown douchebag I, award. He's got to be in France. No, he's in Switzerland, I think they said. Switzerland? That's yeah. Swiss fuck. Ugh. Oh, Plansky was jailed near Zurich for two months, then put in house arrest in Gestad while rating results of his extradition pleas. So 2010, they rejected him and declared him a free man released from custody. Oh, look at that. So basically, they limit his movements to France, Switzerland, and Poland. Hmm. And he's... Oh, they removed his name from Interpol's wanted list. Wasn't that nice for him? He's removed from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Like how many? Like how many politicians are or not politicians? That was a Freudian slip. How many Hollywood (laughs) people aren't like creeps? Yeah, you know, like anyone. It seems like there's just like a like a creepiness you have to have. Oh wait! In November 2019, a French actress named Valentine Monnier said Polanski violently raped her at a ski chalet in Gestad in 1975. I stand with Valentina. Damn. There's no women at ski resorts to rape. You know, there's just too much of a trail of this shit following these guys to believe that none of it's true, right? It's yeah, kind of like Bill Cosby. Why the fuck did they let Bill Cosby out? Yeah, how did he get out? <laughs> he just flim-flarmed and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> flim-flarmed and gentle pudding pop and boom, he's out. 
He's I like, just, I don't know, he's a magic man. Just pulled the sweat over my head and just firm flarmed out of this prison. I gotta say, David Copperfield kills a few people. How do you put that guy away? He's just gonna magic out of whatever you do. Yeah, find him. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna make the prison disappear. Boom, it's gone. <laughs> 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 yes, he made those women's clothes disappear, but he could make this whole building disappear, Judge. <laughs> Don't mess with him. He's on a roll. <laughs> He's on a fucking roll. Goddamn David Copperfield. Damn. All right, so the second half of the summer, what are we looking at? I got to come back for a big, uh, big snow. I think I'm going to try to make big snow happen a couple more times this summer. Actually, get Benjamin up there. Well, I got the pass. I got that uh, the ten pack, so I'm good for, uh, you. for a little bit. Boo. Yeah, so we got to get def- together with our new, new ski patrol buddy, Steve. That's right, our new buddy, which is our old buddy, ski patrol Steve. We'll call him ski patrol Steve. SPS. SPS. Yeah, we got to make That's that awesome. happen. That'll be super fun. Uh, so you know, when you I got- become ski patrol, shouldn't they make it a requirement that you do a front or a backflip? I think it's, I, I'd prefer double backflip. I'd be more comfortable if my patrollers could do a double backflip with know. a tuck, Triple double tuck, tuck, tuck. <laughs> triple tuck, tuck. <laughs> yeah, I do you do I, a triple tuck, tuck, or a triple indie? You're in, <laughs> in there. <laughs> like, you know what? The rest uh, of the certification, like we can just all forego that. You know, it's all up. just paperwork. Don't worry about it. It's a formality. <laughs> we got this. Yeah, Damn it. Triple tuck, tuck. I, uh, you know what? I really want to, I want to do some fine tuning of both the website and, you know, kind of figure out our plan for some of the people we want to interview and yes, kind of figure out our, our travel plans too for the ski season. Cause like you mentioned, you're going to be up in the new England area far yeah. more than you have been in the last couple of years. So we're going to have some, some opportunities to do a little more skiing this winter. And I will be perfectly honest with you. I am ready to quit my day job. I hate working so much. I want to be a full-time podcaster, which is, yes, I have the dreams of a 10-year-old. And you know what? I don't give a goddamn. I want to be a skiing, (laughs) race car driving podcaster. That would be so much fun. That's what I want to do. And I'm going to start doing more dope shit, right? And just start doing stuff. I don't even think we need to do more dope shit. We just have to be our dope selves and just let more people know of our dopeness. I'm just saying MDS. That's my that's my plot my my thing right now. More dope shit. More dope shit. I'm gonna write this on my board, my vision board that I update every day. I still think we need to make little Yurdy happen. Of little Yurdy, I'm writing it down again. See, I already started writing lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I have little oh, Yurdy lyrics already started. How about we get like little Nas, little Nas X. Mid Nas X, there's a whole bunch of like mid Yurdy, little Yurdy, little Yachty, big Yachty. We got to start with little Yurdy and then he can start a whole, he can have a whole crew after that. What we do is we get one of those other artists to put, to portray him as the ortho ego. And then that'll be like, boom, that'll be us. But he's got to sing our songs. So we got to, I think we have to. Uh, trademark the name so that then they could fit into the persona for the dope ass songs that we write and comic book. We got to do a comic book. That's one thing I was thinking about. Graphic novel, graphic novel, Uh, one strip 
one strip a month, maybe. That'll be in the newsletter, which are going to start going out anytime we decide to get it back going. We got things to do. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I think... uh, I'm thinking big snow. I got to make plans for skiing, maybe trying to go travel again somewhere that's probably under quarantine in the next two weeks. We were talking about Paris. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. It, everything is on the map for me. Cause uh, I don't know just cause it is. So we'll see. Well, hopefully you'll have some smooge in your second half of the summer. Oh, can you imagine if they serve that on an airplane? Yes. I'd have a smooge please. Are they still not serving booze on airplanes? No, they're not. It's pissed me off. Like what, like, what is that solving? What is that fixing? And I didn't get upgraded. I'm a little pissed off at my whole flight, everything. That's the last three weeks. I'm pissed off. You're not being treated like the fancy man that you are, and that's not acceptable. The highfalutin, high roller that I am, I'm not being treated as such. Don't they know who you are? It's bullshit. Don't bullshit. No. Number awesome. one bullshit. Number one bullshit. No, it's number one bullshit. Dude, that video is so fantastic. Oh my God. He's so hammered and he's just calling it out though. He was like, why did that goalie make get the uh, best goalie award? He's like, Vasilevsky has two, two, uh, two, two Stanley cups, two Stanley cups. And he number, doesn't get it. Like number one bullshit. So if you aren't aware, we're talking about uh, Nikita Kucherev from the Tampa Bay lightning in the uh, Stanley post Stanley cup final interview. It was one of those magical weird- interview. Dude, he was hammered. He was like just pounding <laughs> Bud Lights like during the interview. <laughs> no, I love like, I it. Is, like, is that champ? Is that champagne? That's number one bullshit. Give me you want a champagne. He's like, I fucking won the Stanley Cup. You don't bring me a goddamn beer. Bring me fucking like champagne. <laughs> I love it. That. Was, it was a fantastic interview. <laughs> You're a champion. You know Act like a champion. Yes, because you know what? Most sports post anything interviews are the mo- the exact same thing every time well we played really hard we did this they were tough upon it oh yeah we gotta work a little harder try it again next time it's the same boilerplate boring ass responses he was yep. keeping it so real he was calling <laughs> he was people like, out it was great <laughs> well you know usually they like by contract they have to go out and there's a certain amount of time because in some of these interviews some of the people will be like how much time we got left and like they are just sitting there waiting for their time to expire that they have to contractually be out there and answer stupid questions. And then they just storm off. Usually they're just like, all right, I'm done. And they just walk out. Like I did my 30 seconds, one minute, whatever the, whatever the time limit is. Um, so he went out there and he was just like, you want to interview me? Go right ahead. I just won the second Stanley cup in a row. I'm hammered. And I probably never drink in my life. And, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you whatever you want. Yeah, it was fantastic. Highly recommended. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Well, I guess that uh, I guess wraps up the main topic. Wraps up the podcast. Nice to be back. Thank you so much for listening. Hope everyone's having a wonderful summer. Please check out all our information at skibonepodcast.com. We got the shop there. Check it out. Follow us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, untapped at ski bump podcast go to your favorite podcasting apps rate and subscribe we'd really appreciate that if you want to send us an email thoughts ideas critiques recipes 
Yeah. Other flavors of smooge you've had at the actual brewery, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya.